You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome down to Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. And you are listening to yet another simulated broadcast of a simulated White Sox game and a simulated White Sox season. Doing it since opening day and we will not stop until Major League Baseball actually returns. And don't worry, if it does return before the season ends, we'll quick sim through the rest of this thing and we'll give you a result to the season you're listening to. Although it keeps getting bleaker and bleaker as we look ahead and see whether or not there'll actually be a Major League season. We're going to talk about that a little bit during this game today. And we're to bring you game three of a three-game set against the Kansas City Royals. The White Sox entered his game 15-9, three games out of first place behind the Twins, sitting in second, a game and a half above the third-place Indians. Kansas City's 8-15, and and last night, the White Sox beat them 16-2. Reynaldo Lopez takes the mound as we go for the sweep before starting a road trip on the West Coast. It's all brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park at 33rd in Princeton. Support them now and get yourself some great ballpark food anytime. Use Grubhub or go direct to CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. And remember, post-game and analysis always at the world-famous SoxOn35th.com blog. All of that out of the way, let's get to some baseball. Using MLB The Show 20, we now bring you White Sox Baseball. From Sox in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always... At SocksInTheBasement.com. Let's go. And welcome to the South Side of Chicago. My name is Chris Lanuti. You are listening to another White Sox simulated game using MLB The Show as the 15-9 White Sox host the Kansas City Royals for the ninth time all season. And we aren't even out of April yet. It's going to be day baseball getaway as the White Sox start a West Coast road trip and Reynaldo Lopez takes the mound. Four starts, two and one. ERA of 4.63 over 23 and a thirds innings. 21 hits, seven walks. That's a 1.20 whip that leads the team. He also has 22 strikeouts. And Elderberto Mondesi coming off a day off yesterday when the White Sox won 16-2 and took the first two games of this three-game series. Will lead off hitting 241 from the left side of the plate. Lopez with a changeup that misses low starts us off, and the count is quickly 1 0. Looking around the diamond today, Osmani Grandal gets the start yet again. He's starting to work his way out of his slump, so Ricky Renteria is going to give James McCann this series off. The next pitch on the way, low changeup 2 0. 57 degrees, clear skies, wind 4 miles an hour blowing out. Looks like to dead center, although it is swirling a little bit going out towards right field as well. The 2-0 pitch on the way. A bunt attempt pops straight back to Grandal, who catches it easily. And that's the first out of the inning. Going around the horn, Abreu's over at first. Nick Madrigal gets the start at second. Anderson in the lineup at short. Mancada at third. Aloy Jimenez getting a day off. He's going to have Leary Garcia replacing him in left field. Luis Roberts in center. And right field has Adam Engel as the left-hander Mike Montgomery is pitching for the Royals today. And Engel has been tearing up left-handed hitting and is also the better of the two when you put him and the newly acquired Nomar Mazara side-by-side, especially when it comes to left-handed starters. 
A 1-0 pitch to Alex Gordon by Lopez is fouled off down the third base line, 1-1. One and one. Encarnacion is the DH. The pitch on the way. Set out in the center field. Robert's going to get to it after it hops twice in the grass. That's going to be a single. So a runner aboard in Gordon. A big night at the ballpark last night for the White Sox. They jumped out quick. After Gio Gonzalez only needed nine pitches to get through the Royals in the top of the first, the White Sox got four up there quickly behind a grand slam by Encarnacion. As this one's fouled off down the first baseline by Whit Merrifield hitting 176 in that three spot. He's there every day. They're just waiting for him to start hitting like he did last year. Outside corner, that one catches on a curve, 0-2 the count. So the Sox get four. They end up hitting three more home runs, including another grand slam by Jimenez. He had two home runs on the evening. And the Sox went at 16-2 last night. But all that gets erased. We're back to a new ball game, and none of that matters now. It's just a win. This one swung on and fouled back. The count is one and two. Freddie Ferguson, the home plate umpire, first time we've had him all year. The pitch from Lopez checked up on a changeup below the knees, two and two the count. Merrifield's a right-handed hitter. Lopez is a right-handed pitcher. And Gordon leads off at first base. One out here in the top of the first. Chopped down the first baseline. Abreu's going to catch it. Throw it straight over to Anderson at second. He brings it back to Abreu. Three to six and back to three on the double play. And midway through the first inning, no score with the White Sox coming up for the first time. Mike Montgomery, four starts so far, two and one, 2.28 ERA, 23 and two-thirds innings in which he's only given up 19 hits and six walks. That's a whip of 1.06. He struck out 16, incredibly effective in terms of keeping players off base. He's doing an excellent job of that so far this year. Tim Anderson's average has dipped to 326. It tells you how he started off the year. He leads off here. And the lefty Montgomery jams him inside. It goes off down the first base line into the stands. Anderson's second on his team right now in batting average behind Adam Engel. Engel actually qualifying at this point with the amount of at-bats that he's had to rank number one. Next pitch sent out into left field, tailing back towards the wall. It may carry, it will. Into the bullpen, and Tim Anderson leads off with a 366-foot solo shot in the left field that got up and just tailed out. Didn't get out of here quick. Estimated only 96 miles per hour. A lot of home runs are up in the 105s, the 110 marks. So it hung up there, but T.A. takes it out. And the Sox lead one to nothing. One batter, one run. We pick up where we left off last night. Pretty swing. But until that thing cleared, it just felt like it was going to come down before the wall. Stayed up there just long enough. Just enough wind on that one. Larry Garcia comes up hitting 296. He's seen a lot of time in the two spot. Now that Moncada is batting cleanup on the regular. And all this because it's been a hard time finding somebody who can consistently hit well in the four spot. Although I believe Aloy Jimenez is going to move back in there eventually. Outside cut fastball. The count evens one and one to Garcia. White Sox lead one nothing. No outs here in the bottom of the first. Montgomery's fifth pitch. is a low inside changeup taken for a ball two and one. Next offering swung on and missed on a sinker. Tailing away outside. Count evens at two. The next pitch on the way. Chopped down the third baseline. Foul. 
Montgomery goes inside on a four-seamer and misses. Count goes full with Abreu on deck hitting 290. Five homers for him so far this season. White Sox, one of the best offenses in the majors at this point in the season. Swung on and charged out into left field. Tailing back is Gordon. It will get over his head and bounce off the wall. He dove for it, so now he's on the ground. Center fielder comes over and gets the ball as he lays there. Garcia's standing at second with a double. First two batters, home run and a double. Both of them out in the left field. This is how you want to start the game, that's for sure. Montgomery, remember I said a 1.06 whip, the best pitcher on this staff for the Royals. And this one's drilled right up the middle. It's going to get out to center field on a slow roller. Leury Garcia comes around. The throw comes in. And it is not in time. And the White Sox lead this game quickly, 2 to nothing. As Abreu wastes no time, putting one right back up the middle on the first pitch. All three of the first three hitters for the White Sox have come up. All three have gotten on base. Home run, double, RBI single. And Juan Moncada comes up. And if you're the Royals right now, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. How is this still continuing at this point? Moncada's hitting 333. Stands in with only two home runs, 12 RBI. His OPS just a hair under 900. Not a lot of deep fly balls, not a lot of extra base hits for Yohan, but he's hitting well. And he's driving in runs. Inside pitch catches the corner, the first two did, so it's 0-2. So he needs to find the power stroke. That's the only thing going on with him. And that will come. Inside, curveball taken at the knees. One and two the count. I'm drinking a knackered. It's a great ale put out by Blue Island Beer Company. And it is tasty today. On this Wednesday as Mancata charges this one in the left field. Base hit. He's got a single. The first four have reached. First and second. No outs. Two runs already in. The Sox jumping all over the Royals. You know, it was weird when you saw the White Sox at opening weekend do so well against the Royals. Sure, they dropped the third game, but it was close. And then they lose two out of three in Kansas City, and you're like, how is this season series tied? The Royals are not as good as us. As Encarnacion steps in, takes a ball outside, 1-0 the count. But this series, so far, has been the... The series that has shown who's the better team for sure is this one is ripped out into deep left center field. It's going to bounce off the wall. Abreu didn't start going. For some reason, he thought that ball was going to get caught. That is a bad job by either Abreu or the third base coach. Way too conservative on that one. There was no way anybody was getting to that, and Abreu was so busy watching it. I don't know if he thought it was going to clear but he does not score. The bases are loaded. Still no outs here in the bottom of the first inning. Mankata would probably be on third. We'd have first and third with a third run in, if not for that base running error. So a bad decision on the base paths. But Yasmani Grandal's up, finally over 200 again, hitting 208. He had a home run last night. He's starting to come out of his funk. Needs to continue today. He takes the first pitch inside for a ball. Next one outside changeup for a ball, 2-0. The first five batters for the White Sox have gotten a hit. Two runs are in, the bases are loaded. A base hit here should at least fix that base running error. 3-0 pitch coming from Montgomery here. Swung on and missed under a four-seam fastball in the zone, 3-1. So he had the green light on 3-0 with the bases loaded. Renteria having faith. 
in Grandal. It was a strike anyway, though, the pitch. This one's jam shot up the middle. It's going to be a slow roller and bobbled it short. Everybody is going to be safe here. Everybody's safe. Mondesi went for the transfer to get it over to second to start the double play and never had the ball with him. It drops out of his glove. He turns around. By the time he gets it, everybody's safe. A run is in. The bases remain loaded for Adam Engel. 3-0 White Sox. Bases loaded. No outs. The first six batters have reached base for the White Sox. And Engel's hitting 400. Doesn't play every day, but has played enough. And he takes a pitch inside. One and one the count. Montgomery. Again, I can't stress enough. He had a whip. He walks and hits per inning pitched of 1.06 coming into this game. That got blowed up. Incredible. Engel swings and misses at one down at the knees. One and two the count. For the first time all game, Montgomery's got a pitcher's count against somebody on the White Sox. The pitch. Chopped up the middle to second. Quick flip to short over to first. It's going to be a double play. Mankata will score. It's four to nothing. So there's two outs now in the inning. And Luis Roberts going to come up with a runner on third and Encarnacion. And if you're worrying about that base running mistake by Abreu, erase that at this point. Because Encarnacion would not be anywhere further than he is at third base. And the two guys in front of him have scored. So it was a mistake, but didn't cost the White Sox anything. And it's four to nothing here with two outs in the bottom of the first inning. The pitch to Robert. Low, below the knees on a changeup, 1-0 the count. Robert leads the majors with 10 stolen bases on the season so far. The rookie, though, struggling at the plate, hitting 203. And was thrown out the last time he tried to steal a base going for number 11. That was the first time he was caught stealing. Hard shot over to short, fielded on the one hop, and over to first. 6-3, Mondesi puts him out, but not before. For the second night in a row, the White Sox put up four in the first inning. And Lee going into the second, four zip. Reynaldo Lopez has been staked a lead of 4-0. Last night when Gio Gonzalez got that, he immediately gave up two runs. Soler steps up, hitting 241. And the first pitch is on the way. Jam shot down the line. 0-1 the count, foul ball. He is 11 for his last 17. Soler tearing it up. The pitch. Swung on and missed on a four-seam fastball. 0-2. Lopez looks in. The pitch on the way. High four-seam fastball, 1-2. and two. Interesting thing about this game. This is the first game that the White Sox and Royals have played against each other. Ninth overall this month. This one is slow rolled over to first base. Abreu will catch it and step on first for the unassisted three put out. One out. It was pretty much the same pitchers, all three same starters in the first series and in the second series. And the first two games of this third series was the second time that we had seen Danny Duffy and the second time that we had seen Jacob Junis. This is the first time we've seen Montgomery and the first time they've seen Lopez. This is deep fly ball out in the left field. Underneath it is Larry Garcia. He'll catch it about a foot before the track. Long fly out. Two outs here on the top of the second inning for Sal Perez. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer inside and low. 0-1 the count. Lopez working quickly, delivers a grandal outside changeup. 1-1. A pretty sky out there, partly cloudy. A lot of sun. 
We have not had a rain out yet this year, although we've played in some storms. So this team has not gotten any breaks over the last few weeks and will not get their first day off until next Monday. Or Monday now. I guess I guess we're less than a week away finally. 3-1 count as that one misses on the outside corner of the pitch to Perez. Checks it up. They're going to say he didn't go around. Grandal asked for the appeal but didn't get it. I think that was a good ask. So a questionable walk right there, but Perez is on first base. And Ryan O'Hearn comes up hitting 185, three home runs, 12 RBIs on the season. As the Royals hitters continue to struggle early on this season, and the White Sox pitchers are eating them up at least during this series. Hasn't been perfect, that's for sure. But 4-0 with two outs in the top of the second, I'll take it. The pitch. Low curveball misses, 1-0 the count. O'Hearn, 5-for-11 lifetime against Lopez with two home runs. The lefty waits for this pitch. Hits the area around his knees right across the plate. 1-1. One one. The pitch on the way. High and inside for Seamer, 2-1 the count. Day baseball on a Wednesday. Getaway day before four in Los Angeles against the Angels. Then a day off and two in Colorado. The pitch. High four-seam fastball misses three and one. So for the second straight time, after getting two outs, Lopez is three and one to the batter. This time he's got a runner on first. Gets the inside corner on the check swing. Four-seamer, waist high, count goes full. Pitch number 28 right here. Just misses on the outside corner. Looked like a take all the way by O'Hearn. And Lopez with two outs is now put on two with the free pass. And Mikhail Franco comes up, hitting 282. And this is the problem that Gio Gonzalez had. And a lot of White Sox starters have had. The bullpen, not so much, but the starters. Those long innings where the White Sox offense goes off and scores runs seems to throw them off. They have a hard time that first half inning back. A low fastball below the knees misses 1-0 the count. Lopez getting two pickies. Just got to take it and throw it. He's slowing down. This one's chopped to short. Anderson's going to scoop it. Throw over to first. And they're going to get him as Abreu picks it out of the dirt. A sloppy throw over. But it gets the job done. Midway through two. Sox lead 4-0. Good crowd out on the fan deck. You can see them today. They're packed out there even though there's lots of greens in the seats. Nick Mandrigal's up hitting 111. He's got one hit since he's been called up. He's not played every day. He was 0 for 3 with a strikeout the last game. He's playing a game on, a game off basically right now as they try to acclimate him. Swing and a miss. 1 and 1 the count. Renteria suggested that very soon he will be every day at second. But with the team chugging along at the pace it's going at, you don't want to just cut off Danny Mendick. And Leary Garcia's been red hot. On the other hand, there wasn't enough versatility and an infielder needed to be added to this team. So Mandrigal, with the slow introduction to the majors as the count goes even after he takes a four-seamer down the middle. You can see that Mandrigal is not performing the way that we've read about the minors. Swings at bad pitches from time to time. Has struck out several times for a guy that we were told doesn't strike out a lot and has taken some pitches right in the middle of the strike zone as he swings and misses at one that gets away. Drop third strike. It'll be close at first. He put everything he could into it, but they still got him. 
as Perez was able to recover in time and throw that one from back behind the umpire to get him on the drop third strike. One out in the bottom of the second inning, and Tim Anderson comes up one for one with a solo shot. It started this whole thing off, and he rips this one quickly to second base, and it's snagged out of the air. That had double written all over it. It was just hit directly at second base. So a quick line out, two outs here in the bottom of the second. Larry Garcia, who hit a double and scored, is up for the 35th pitch from Mike Montgomery in this game with two outs in the bottom of the second inning. Back to Madrigal. The Sim, and we'll just kind of take away the curtain here. We'll peel it back real quick. The Sim does not rate him the way that we've heard about him. He does have a tendency to strike out. Not a lot, but he's not the always-make-contact guy that we expected him to be. And they don't even give him these really high defensive ratings, even though we've heard for years he's a gold glover before he even gets up here. Like when he was in single A, Nick Madrigal, all we kept getting told on Sacks in the Basement, he's a gold glover right now. Nothing needs to be done defensively. 2-1 pitch to Garcia. Swung on and missed 2-2. Two and two. So I don't know if it would be exactly the same way if in real life Nick Madrigal came up. But I do notice some pretty amazing defensive plays, so maybe I'm not reading these right ratings correctly. This one's flared out in the right center field. It's going to get down for a base hit. Larry Garcia's coming in hard a second, and he is safe on a bad throw in. He challenged the throw in, and he gets his fourth double. Looked like a single all the way, but that was aggressiveness. And I don't think the Royals expected him to be doing that with a 4-0 lead. But Liari never let up coming around first base, and he's at second now in scoring position with two outs in the bottom of the second inning. And Abreu, who's seen one pitch and immediately sent that into the outfield, stands in with two outs in the bottom of the second inning. Pitch number 40 for Montgomery, chop back foul, 0-1 the count. Next pitch outside change taken, 1-1. Montgomery checks Garcia, the pitch on the way. Misses low on a sinker, 2-1 and one the count. Montgomery delivers. Swung on and missed outside, 2-2. Two and two. When the White Sox faced the Royals last week and lost two out of three in Kansas City, this one's outside and the count goes full. The run they went on since then includes three out of four against the Rangers and taking the first two here. So they've won five out of their last six, and they lead now in that seventh game since then, four to nothing. Chopped down the first baseline, fair ball, it's going to get by and roll into the corner by the 335 side. Garcia's coming around and scoring easily, and Abreu's in the second with a double, and the White Sox lead it 5 to nothing. Big hit by Abreu, puts it right down the line, opposite field, skips over the bag at first, O'Hearn can't get to it, and it just rolls all the way out to the wall. And the Royals are done with Montgomery this soon. The kid didn't have it today, he goes one and two-thirds. Sacks have scored five against him. And so Mike Montgomery, the most effective pitcher that the Royals had up until this point with the 1.06 whip is chased before the end of the second inning. And long reliever Jesse Hahn comes in with 20 and a thirds innings, but an ERA of 7.97, 19 strikeouts to seven walks, and a record of one and three. Opposing hitters are batting 285 against him right now. So it's not like they brought in like a stud to shut everything down. It's the first pitch to Moncada's lifted down the right field line, tailing back towards the wall to the pole, and it's caught. 
right up against the wall at the pole down the first baseline. The 108ers were excited. It just didn't make it to them. After two, Sox lead 5-0. Anderson Miller comes up. He killed the White Sox in Kansas City, but he hadn't seen the field in the first two games of the series. And now he's playing center today. And what's crazy is he's one of the hottest hitters on this team, but they're not using him as often as you would think they would. They don't have a lot of guys hitting really well, but Anderson Miller is in like a platoon role. He beat up the White Sox. He's one of the big reasons that we lost two out of three in Kansas City last week. And he's batting ninth today as this one goes off of the butt of Lopez, bounces to Anderson, picks it up, and throws it barehanded across the field for the 6-3 putout. And the Twins are trailing today in a day game getaway as well. So the White Sox would like to pick up another one on them. Get within two games of first. Really competitive AL Central right now. The White Sox and the Indians would be the two wildcard teams. I know it's April, but it's just fun to look at. They'd be the two wildcard teams right now if the season ended after three or four weeks. In a shortened season, <laughs> Sox would be in the playoffs right now. 1-1 pitch after Mondesi takes a ball and then swings and misses at one at the knees. One out here in the top of the third. Eldeberto offers at and misses a four-seamer tailing away outside. One and two the count. Reynaldo Lopez has been sharp in every start except for one. And it must be nice to come out here today, get a big lead spotted to you, and just get to go to work. Swung on and missed four-seamer. Strikes him out, and Lopez spun around and pumped his fist. He's feeling it right now. No pressure. Feeling good. And after all the doubt in the offseason about him, people talking about, and we talked about it, no way he makes it past the promotion of Michael Kopech in the rotation. He is staking his claim to a rotation spot so far. Gordon fouls one off. Owen won the count. Two outs top of the third. He's got five doubles so far, and it's second on the Royals. And the 1-1 pitch on the way. Chopped right to Lopez, flips it to Abreu. 1-2-3, the inning is over. And midway through the third, the White Sox lead the Royals. 5-0. Edwin Encarnacion comes up. One for one with a single in the first. Averages up to 260. He's got nine home runs and 20 RBIs so far. He was in a slump last week. But he has hit out four home runs in the four games leading into this one, including a grand slam yesterday. Next one's rocketed deep down the third baseline, hooking foul right before the pole, almost five home runs in five days. Jesse Hahn looks like a deer in headlights after that one. Taking a breath in the mound, the count is one and one. The pitch, outside misses two and one. Cleveland gets a late start today against Oakland. Same thing for the Yankees in Detroit. 3-1 now, the count at that one misses. The pitch. Ball four, take your base. So an outside four-seamer misses. No outs in the bottom of the third, and the first runner's on. And Encarnacion, he's not a speed demon, but he's on. Rondell steps up. Rondell pops this one straight up on the first pitch to the first baseman who calls off the catcher halfway down the line. One pitch, one out for him. Encarnacion remains at first base as Engel comes up. 0 for 1 with a ground out in the first. Hit into a double play for the first two outs of the game. And he's the seven hitter. That'll tell you how that first inning went. 
A low two-seamer misses. 1-0 the count. Angle is red hot. He's starting to even out a little bit now. They like to use him against lefties. But now Han's a righty, and this one's going to be dribbled to second base. He's going to choose to throw to second and not get Encarnacion. And Angle's in the first. They're going to rule that a, a base hit, but in reality, it was just a poor decision by Han, who tries to go for a double play, but that ball got to him so slowly. He turns around too late, and Encarnacion's on second base before the ball gets there. First and second, one out, bottom of the third. Luis Robert takes an inside four-seamer for ball one, one and oh the count. The next offering, inside and high on a two-seamer at 93 miles an hour. Up near his face. Backs out of the way. 2-0 the count. Han delivers. Up the middle of the short and thrown over the head of the second baseman in the right field. Encarnacion is going to come around and score. Everybody goes two bases. So Engels on third and Roberts on second. He tried to start the double play and Mondesi threw it in the right field. Way too much there. And Engel coming around second collides at second base and still makes it to third. A run scores at six to nothing White Sox. Roberts on second base, Engels on third, one out, bottom of the third, and Madrigal's up, 0 for 1. The tiniest guy in all of baseball stands in there in the right-handed batter's box and swings and chops one down the first baseline foul. The pitch on the way. Chop foul again, 0-2 quickly. A base hit would score both these guys. The pitch. Chop to third base, slow roller. Only play is the first. Engel will come home and score as it took forever for that ball to get down the line. And he was off on contact. The White Sox lead 7-0 now with Robert on second base and T.A. is up there one for two with a solo home run that led this all off at the beginning of the game. Robert with a lead on second, the pitch. Low and outside, 1-0 the count. The Royals probably can't wait to get out of town. They lose 16-2 last night. They're down 7-0 here in the third. To the White Sox, this one is belted deep down the third baseline. Just foul. Almost a second home run right near the pole. The 1-1 pitch. Low and outside, two-seamer catches the corner, 1-2 the count. 16-2, the White Sox win yesterday. They're leading 7-0. They won on Monday. Going for the sweep today, their first sweep of the season. Changeup outside, misses 2-2. Two if you're still trying to get into the ballpark, grab your broom. You might need it. The pitch. Anderson chops at the second base. He's going to get underneath his glove. Coming around is Robert. He's going to score as this one goes out into center field. It almost looks like the Royals would give it up. You've got an entire team out there making errors, not diving for the ball, kind of watching what's happening out there. I think the White Sox took their soul last night. And today they're stepping on it. The White Sox lead 8 to nothing with two outs down in the bottom of the third and Anderson on first base. Larry Garcia's 2-for-2 two two and stands in in the pitch. Down the middle of two-seamer. 0-1 the count. The unwritten rules of baseball would say don't steal Tim Anderson. You know he wants to. Because Robert leads him by one steal for the MLB lead. I don't know if he'd go, though, at this point. 
With the bad blood with the Royals, seems like a bad idea. 0-2 as this one's fouled off down the third base line. Han trying to finish off Garcia, get out of this inning. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer in on the hands. Three pitches, he goes down, but not before the White Sox do damage. With two outs here in the third, and they lead after three, eight to nothing on the south side of Chicago. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. Folks, remember to check out Family Waterproofing Solutions. They're out of Evergreen Park on the south side of Chicago. You got a vet who owns it, female-owned, husband and wife team. It's a family business. And they've got great White Sox deals for you, Sox in the basement deals for you that they've set up specifically for those who listen to this show. As a ground ball to Anderson on the first pitch, goes over to Abreu for the first out of the fourth inning. And Jorge Soler comes up. Whit Merrifield can't buy a break. He's out there. Soler's 0 for 1 with a ground out in the second inning. And don't forget, a portion of the proceeds goes to veteran and first responder organizations. So Lair's 0-1, now he's 0-2 quickly. Two fastballs on the outside corner. Lopez just pouring it in right now. Sitting on 44 pitches with one out in the top of the fourth inning and nothing in terms of pressure on his shoulders. He can just go out and pitch like it's a simulated game. Four-seamer misses low and outside, one and two the count. Sacks get on a plane after this and fly out to Los Angeles where they will then take a quick ride to Anaheim and play the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for four games. Pitch misses outside, two and two the count. Then a day off and two in Colorado against the Rockies. Then they get a nice day off for their trip back. So they get a nice little break. And I think they deserve those two days off in one week. Because they have been workhorses as a team. Swung on and missed. Another strikeout for Lopez. Two gone here in the top of the fourth. And Hunter Dozier comes up. 0 for 1. The righty waits and fouls the first one off down the third base line. He flew out in the second inning. He's 3 for 9 in the series. Don't say Hunter Dozier isn't trying. And when I sit there and I say that the Royal soul has been taken by the White Sox over the last 24 hours. Hunter Dozier, maybe, I would I would leave him out of that equation. The guy's one and one, the pitch on the way. And this one hits the outside corner, one and two. He's been hitting. He's been playing incredible defense. Just the rest of the guys around him right now. Inside four, Seamer, two and two, the count. Lopez trying to knock this inning out. Chopped to short, Anderson scoops and throws. The inning ends as the inning began. 6-3 put out. T.A. to Abreu. 
who will lead off the inning midway through the fourth. Sox lead by a bunch. As we start off the bottom of the fourth inning with the White Sox up 8 to nothing, I can't believe I'm spending two straight games like vamping during this show because the Sox have such a big lead. Inside pitch to Abreu, 1-0. Hahn remains out there. Philadelphia is leading Texas 7-3. You know, I loved making fun of the great late Ed Farmer about how he would talk about his golf game all the time. But man, I wish I had a golf game to talk about right now. We talked about wine last night during his 16-2 win. We talked about how to buy your beer from local breweries. The 1-1 pitch fouled off 1-2. and two. We even talked about how breweries were going under and you had to support them by buying beer from them. And then this morning it gets announced that Argus Brewing on the south side is going out of business. Rounded out over to second, flipped over to first, four to three put out, one out here in the bottom of the fourth. Mancada has got a single, he's one for two, he scored a run, sitting 337 and steps in. Start of the game hitting from the right side of the plate, that's when he got the single on the left side of the plate. He's 0 for 1, and Hahn throws a fastball over his bat, swinging, 0 and 1 the count. Argus Brewing going out of business. They're selling whatever they've made, and they're locking it up. Started by a father and son on the south side, 10 years going. And they are um, a business victim of our current pandemic. A great brewery. We've talked about them a lot here at my 9-foot homemade oak bar. One of my other shows, The Broadcast Basement, it's still up. You can go check that out. A bunch of my friends sit down here. We've been doing it for like 12 years. Just screwing around and drinking beer. We've had a lot of Argus. We've talked to Argus before. As that one is rolled out to second for another 4-3 put out. Mancada's down. Two outs in the bottom of the fourth with the White Sox leading 8 to nothing, and Edwin Encarnacion comes up. So it's important to support your local businesses because we're already seeing breweries closing. And I love breweries. I really, really love them. That's why I'm drinking this Blue Island beer right now. That's why I go to Open Outcry and I get beer delivered to me there. I find all the no-contact people. I think businesses that have figured out you have to be no-contact are going to survive. Those that are stubbornly still uh, delivering pizzas without a mask on might be in trouble. That's just just my own personal opinion. Because my wife, she sees them bringing their pizzas out to the car while she's in her car. She realizes they have nothing on. She goes, well, we're not getting pizza from them. It only takes one person in the household to feel that way. You're done as a business. The 2-1 pitch to Encarnacion trails in for a ball, 3-1 with two outs here in the bottom of the fourth. And Han remains on the mound as the sacrificial lamb and his 8-0 shellacking. Here in the bottom of the fourth inning, the White Sox up 8-0. The pitch to Encarnacion. Fly down the first baseline, foul. Sox on 35th is where you get your recaps of these games. As Encarnacion takes a two-seamer on the outside corner and walks down the first base. They'll have stats for the entire team following this game. Because after every series, we give them the entire team, all the stats, so you can pour over how the team is doing. And the box scores are there after every game with a wrap-up. As Grandal steps in, one for two with Encarnacion on first base. And trust me, folks, I have not put this on easy mode. This simulation's been running the same way since day one. The White Sox are just beating up on the Royals. And they have a terrible record. And I was surprised that the Royals were 3-3 three and three against the Sox in the first six meetings. But in this series, the White Sox have taken it to them and slapped them around. 
first pitch to Grandal misses. The next one flied out into deep center field, trailing back towards the wall to the track. It will be caught against the wall. Grandal just misses a two-run home run. End of four. Sox continue to lead 8-0 with Lopez on the mound. Reynaldo Lopez continues here in the top of the fifth, only at 52 pitches. He's having a great game, overshadowed by the fact that his team is winning 8-0. Sal Perez comes up. He walked in the second inning. We'll kick off the top of the fifth. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the real world with Major League Baseball. Tony Clark and the Players Association have dug in their heels. This one's a ball 1-0. And basically said there are no more negotiations here. We're going to play with or without fans. Everything's set. This one's flared out into right center field. It's going to get down and get to the wall as Robert chases it back. Now to throw into second base. Going to be close with Perez. He's safe under the tag. So a leadoff double for Salvador Perez, his sixth of the season. He is second on his team with six doubles behind Franco, who has seven. He's been doing pretty well with the extra base hits. Ryan O'Hearn, not doing very well at all with anything. Hitting 185, and he's down in that seventh spot, the first baseman. That's not a good thing. The pitch from Lopez inside to the lefty on a four-seamer, 1-0 the count. So the idea is there were negotiations between MLB and the Players Association. And in these negotiations, they figured out, okay, if we don't play, this is what your guys are going to get paid. This is how service time will work. If we play a partial season, this is how your guys will get paid. This is how service time is going to work. But there was never anything on if we play, but without fans in the stands. This one has popped up to Madrigal. He sits underneath it and puts it away for the first out of the fifth inning. Runner remains at second base, and Franco comes up 0 for 1. Now, there was a clause that said that economical considerations or something along those lines would be taken into account if we had to play without people in the stands, but nothing was outlined as to what kind of a cut the salary would take of each and every Major League Baseball player, like how much money they were going to lose. Now, Major League Baseball wants to restart, but they are going to do it without fans. And if they do that, they want to pay the players less because they don't get the gate. They don't get the concessions. One and two count now to Franco. Pitch number 60 from Lopez on the way with one out in the top of the fifth. Outside for Seamer, two and two the count. So just like any negotiation would go in any kind of job setting, when you have a union and you have an employer, high four-seam fastball under the bat of the swing, Franco for a strikeout, the third for Lopez in this game. Two outs in the top of the fifth, and Perez remains on second base. Nice release on that one. He's making the glove pop today. So with two outs here in the top of the fifth, this is the easiest summary I can give you. The Players Association and the players have an awful lot on their side. They know there's a clock on Major League Baseball where eventually TV rights aren't even going to pay them that much, so they have to get a deal done quick. They know there's a collective bargaining agreement coming up, and nobody wants to have a stoppage two years in a row. First two pitches fouled off 0-2. And they know they're already getting paid X amount of dollars if they don't play, and at least 10 to 15% of their guys don't even want to play with nobody in the stands. So knowing they probably wouldn't even get everybody out there who was a player, and they already have resistance to doing this, they're digging their heels in and saying, we want full salary because there's no way we can get our guys to show up otherwise. The one-two pitch in the dirt is going to roll back. Perez is going to stay at second. So the count evens at two to Anderson Miller, the nine-hitter, who's 0 for 1. So it's a logical decision by the union. Do I like it? No, I want baseball back. Swung on and missed on a curveball. 
Lopez strikes that guy out as well. He's getting better as the game goes on. We move on to the bottom of the fifth. White Sox lead 8-0. Eric Skoglone comes in. We saw him yesterday. He came in during that uh, big blowout. He's got a 5.56 earned run average over six games in 11 and a thirds innings with a 2-2 two two record. 11 strikeouts to three walks, and Adam Engel comes up. And he's like, thank you, because you brought in a big lefty against me, and I like to hit lefties. So he'll lead off the inning one for two in this game. Sox leading eight to nothing in the bottom of the fifth. So as much as I want baseball to happen, when you take a step back and you take a motion out of it, you understand what the players are doing here. This is the most leverage they probably ever had against ownership because they can sit out and make a point and still get money. And, and it's going to be bad PR, but you have you also have a section of the populace who's going to sit there and say, well, why should they go out there and play anyway? It's stupid. You only have to go on Twitter. You can find there's a rainbow of ideas about this thing. Some people think we should sit in our homes for 18 months, and some people want to go back to work right now, and then there's every little step in between. And I'm not going to argue about anywhere on that spectrum with you. But I am going to tell you, that the union and the players understand that while some people might get mad at them, some will not. And this is the best position they've been in ever to negotiate. Ground ball to second base, scooped up and sent over to first. The 4-3 put out of angle. One gone here in the bottom of the fifth inning. So just think about it that way. Think about it in those respects. The owners always have the advantage they can lock players out. And the players' only advantage is to walk away and be the bad guys like in 94 even though I blame the owners and the players equally in that. And knowing that you have a CBA coming up next year, you start the negotiations on a hard line because you might even be able to lay groundwork or get things settled now for the next CBA because this is the this is the most you're ever going to have owners over a barrel. There are some teams running on shoestring budgets. Some have plenty of money. Some of them do not. You got this report that Alex Rodriguez is Luis Roberts up there with a one and two count. Alex Rodriguez and his girlfriend, Jennifer Lopez, are thinking about buying the Mets at a discount. This one's fouled off down the first baseline. Teams like the Mets, they don't have a lot of money. They don't play this year. They're going to have to sell at a discount. And so you have some owners that are like, whatever the players want, let's just get back on the field. Foul ball down the first baseline, just missed the line at first base. One and two, the count remains the pitch. Robert flares this one out to left, straight at the left fielder, Gordon, who doesn't even need to move, catches a line out, two outs in the bottom of the fifth inning. You have owners that are scared. Not all of them have money. Not all of them can survive. And you have players that at least have some support from those that are like, you shouldn't even be playing, or I would totally understand if you didn't play because you want to be with your family during this trying time. Some of us don't understand it at all, but some do. This is the most support that the players will ever have if they play hardball with the owners. And that's what they're doing. 0-2 pitch to Mandrigal. Hits at the knees. 0-1 the count. In an 8-0 blowout, I just want Nick Mandrigal to get a hit. Like, that's all I want. Make me happy. 1-1 one one is that one misses on the outside corner. He's 0-2. for 2. He's only had one hit in his first week up here. He's been playing really good defense, though. And the White Sox have been winning. Swung on and belted down the first baseline. Line drive picked out of the air by O'Hearn. That one was headed for extra bases. So that was just bad luck. He's hitting it. 
The hits, though, will come later. After five, Sox lead 8-0. Reynaldo Lopez starts the top of the sixth inning with 66 pitches under his belt, and Eldoberto Mondesi, the leadoff hitter, 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a pop-out. The Royals have two hits and also two errors. No runs scored. The White Sox, no errors. Ten hits, eight runs. The pitch on the way. Inside fastball taken for a ball, 1-0 the count. So in the real world, I don't know if there's going to be baseball. Now, do I think that it's over? No. When you're in a negotiation, you take the hard line on one end while the other side takes the hard line on the other end, and then you see who's going to blink first. Like I said, the players have a great advantage here, and they're not missing the opportunity. This one's grounded to second base. Nice play by Mandrigal. He turns, he jumps, and he throws on the jump throw behind second base. Makes a spectacular defensive play. And that's an out. First out of the sixth inning. He has not been hitting well. But the defense at second base has been exemplary. And Alex Gordon comes up one for two. And the lefty takes a changeup outside. 1-0 the count. He was a gold glove winner last year. The next pitch on the way. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer out of the zone, tailing away. He couldn't lay off. One and one the count. He thought he checked that up, but that bat came all the way around. Bad argument. Flares this one down the first baseline. Umpire has to duck as it goes foul. Bounces off the wall in foul territory. Low in the dirt on a curveball. Two and two the count. With one out in the top of the sixth of Gordon. The next pitch from Lopez. Low on a four-seamer, three and two. Merrifield's on deck, hitting 172 now. The average continues to get worse. He's going to get going at some point. We're going to be thanking our stars. We got through nine games of him being bad as we played the Royals early. Four-seamer fouled off down the third base line. Count remains full with one out at the top of the sixth. I still think there could be baseball. But the owners are going to have to fold. I don't know if their pride's going to get out of the way. Because all the cards are held at this point by the players. All of them. Curveball hits the outside corner for strike three. Fifth strikeout for Lopez. Two outs now on the top of the sixth. Whit Merrifield comes up. 0 for 2. And the pitch on the way. He sends this one deep in the left field. Back to the wall. It goes off the wall. Played off the wall by Garcia. He'll get it in. The cutoff man, Anderson. It's a double standing up for Whit Merrifield. He must have heard me somewhere talking about how bad he's been. I told you he's got talent. He's been playing really bad to start the year off. He almost clears the wall here. Stays inside the ballpark for the third hit for the Royals so far. With two outs in the sixth inning. And up comes Jorge Soler, 0 for 2. Last week, he was a beast. Killing the White Sox at every instance. He was one of the big reasons the White Sox lost two out of three in Kansas City last week. Since then, the Sox took three out of four from the Rangers here at home. They've taken the first two in this series and lead eight to nothing with two outs on the top of the sixth inning in game three. High fastball taken for a ball, one and one the count. I think the hardest thing for baseball writers right now is the idea that they don't want to admit there's not a lot to talk about. They're covering the minors. They're covering negotiations. They're covering the possibility of baseball coming back. They're talking about certain players and doing feature stories, but it's difficult to cover a sport that isn't actually playing and has already had its offseason, and you're not going to see any moves happen. That was in the dirt. 2-1 and one the count to Soler, the pitch on the way. 
Fouled back, counts even, two out, top of the sixth, with a runner on second base. So I think they really want the season to start. But I think I just explained it pretty simply. Players have all the cards. Owners have to come up with the money. It might not be financially available to them to be able to do it. It's going to be an interesting vote by the owners. And a lot of interesting stuff going on behind the scenes as the count goes full here to see if baseball comes back. And I don't know if it comes back if it's not back by mid-June. The ground ball to short. Flipped over the first. Easy put out and the inning's over. Through six, Reynaldo Lopez gives up no runs and only three hits. And his team leads eight to nothing. Bottom of the sixth inning, Timmy Anderson's up two for three, a home run and a single. Started everything off with that big solo shot in the first inning. White Sox tacked on three more as this one sent out to left field on a line drive and pulled in by Gordon. Makes a nice play on it. Didn't have to dive, but he had to play the angle perfectly there, and he gets it. So one pitch, one out quickly here in the bottom of the sixth inning as the Angels are our our appointment. I almost said our appointment. Our appointment tomorrow in Los Angeles. Our next opponent are leading 4-3 at home against Baltimore. We are a very different team compared to Baltimore. Larry Garcia comes up. Two for three and takes a pitch outside for a ball. One and oh the count. Skoglund. Pitch number 19. The lefty gets fouled off down the third base line. One and one. He stopped the bleeding. That's for sure. The Royals have been giving up runs like crazy. He stopped it. He did a pretty good job stopping it yesterday. Ground ball to third base. Scooped up and sent over by Hunter Dozier. The 5-3 put out, two outs here on the bottom of the sixth inning, and Abreu comes up two for three. He's got a double, he's got a single. How about a triple or a homer? Low fastball, misses below the knees, 1-0 the count. Skoglun has actually done a very good job yesterday and today keeping the White Sox down when they were on this hit parade. But if he's left in there too long, they're going to get to him. First time through the order, though, he was good yesterday, and he so far is doing well today. The lefty delivers a curveball outside, 3-0. He's nibbling at Abreu. Now takes his head off, walks around the mound. But with two outs in the bottom of the six, and the fact that Juan Moncada's on deck and hits much better from the right side, he might want to go after him. Four-seamer catches the plate. Take it all the way. 3-1 the count. Skoglund looks in. The pitch. Swung on and missed at a four-seamer. Abreu couldn't catch up to it. Count goes full. So a full count, two outs. Bottom of the sixth inning. Sox lead 8 to nothing. Nobody on. The pitch. Crack down the first base line. It may come in there fair. It is foul and gets just underneath the glove of a diving Solaire at the foul line will reset. Next pitch sent out into right field in the opposite direction towards center field. Tailing back, Solaire goes back to the wall and will catch this about two feet before the fence on the run. He had to go a long way to get it, but it hung up there long enough. A long fly out by Abreu. After six full innings, after six full innings, the Sox continue to lead eight to nothing. And Hunter Dozier is 0 for 2. The fly on the ground out. Here in the top of the seventh is Reynaldo Lopez on 86 pitches. Will come out and continue to throw for the White Sox. 
What's a strike on the outside corner on a four-seam fastball? 0-1 the count. He's got a shutout so far. He's only given up three hits, and he's cruising. He's got four games in Los Angeles coming up, so no need to go to the bullpen if you don't have to. 0-2 quickly on a swinging strike to Dozier on the inside portion of the plate. And Lopez quickly back into the line in the pitch. Chopped to second. Mandrigal on a shift was standing directly behind the bag. He moves over to the shortstop side of the bag and then delivers it over to Abreu on the ground out. Four to three. One out in the top of the seventh inning. Salvador Perez comes up. He's got one of those three hits. It was a double earlier on in the game. Lopez... Low and inside, catches the corner on a beautiful pitch. He's been painting the corners very well. Incredible accuracy out there today. Sox are up 8 to nothing and won 16-2 last night, but I don't want to discount what Lopez is doing. He's been sharp all season long with the exception of one start. He comes out today, and he is just mowing them down. He's 0-2 to Perez now on a high fastball that Perez offered at and missed. The 0-2 pitch on the way. Swung on and chopped foul. He just got a piece of it. Lopez, maybe with the strongest outing we've seen from a White Sox pitcher to date. As it's flared out in the center field, Robert's going to come in and make the catch. Two outs in the top of the seventh inning. And Ryan O'Hearn comes up. He's hitless today. Lopez into the line and the pitch on the way. High four-seam fastball. You know, the worst things about games like this, when it gets to be a blowout, is that the bars will close. Then you're like, you know what, we're winning. Don't score any runs. Everybody go up there, swing and miss, so we can get to the bar afterwards. Or the Goose Island section starts to fill up underneath. I'm sure I love blowouts. I find plenty of things to do at this ballpark, and there's lots of food. Grounded out to Abreu. He'll step on first. No score for the Royals. Eight for the White Sox midway through the seventh. Lopez having a great game. Reynaldo Lopez has had a great game. Shut out through seven innings for him. In the bottom of the seventh, Juan Moncada comes up. His offense has eight runs. He's contributed. He's one for three today. Skoglund remains in, and the pitch on the way. Curveball inside, taken, 1-0 the count. Kevin McCarthy and Josh Staumont are warming up out of the bullpen. The White Sox bullpen is not even moving. Reynaldo Lopez has looked really good. Although I imagine they'll have somebody up just in case. But they're going to give him some leash today. They've yet to have a complete game. They've yet to have a pitcher go over seven innings, officially. Inside corner strike, one and two now to Moncada. Skoglund into the wind and delivers. Chop foul down the third baseline. Dozier tried to keep it in play. But it was out of play when he got it. Next one's high, taken for a ball, two and two the count. Mankata's eye has gotten much better than it was in the first week and a half of the season. And he has turned that into a high batting average as he rips this one down the first baseline for an easy base hit. He's gonna round first, but they got to it quickly. Solaire's gonna get it in, so it's gonna be a single. On a hard hit ball down the first baseline, he continues to hit better from the right side than he does the left. And Edwin Encarnacion is up. With a runner on first, and Mankata and no outs in the bottom of the seventh inning. You know, and that's the hardest thing. Like, you love your team. You want your team to do well. But you're at the ballpark now. Middle of the day, it's Wednesday. 
You know, the sun is out. It's April. And they've closed off the beer. And a lot of you probably are like me if you have small children. I bring them to day games. I'm like, come on, play hooky, come with dad. You don't want to bring them into the bar, but you kind of want to bring them into the bar. I remember for years you couldn't go down to the bullpen sports bar unless you were 21. Now you can bring kids in there because they serve food. They've changed it. It's like a family restaurant. So I bring them in there now, but still. Yeah, I'd be down there. I'd be down there right now. One and two the count. The pitch on the way. Fouled off down the third base line. I know it's not called that anymore now. I think that's all Goose Island section. But I'd be down there in the craft cave or whatever they're calling it. Fouled off down the first baseline. Count remains one and two to Encarnacion, who's been a tough out. Four home runs in the last four games, but does not have one today. Swung on and missed. He strikes out. He has cut down on the strikeouts a lot over the last couple games. Still continues to lead the team, but not by as many. And there's one out in this inning. Now, if I'm by myself, and I have gone to games by myself, in a game like this, I'm probably exploring the ballpark. Like, I'm not going into the Hall of Fame area or anything like that, but I'm walking around on the lower deck. I'm getting a churro. I'm great. I'm like, I'm, it's like Taste of Chicago. I'm going to run up way too much money. I really spend more during blowouts than I do during close games that are quick. Like, ownership must love blowouts as Grandal is 0-1 and then hits this one down the third baseline and stares at it. Deep, back, Gone! Two-run home run, Yasmani Grandal. 431 feet, his second home run in his last two games. And it is fun to watch a guy come out of a slump. And Grandal is coming out of it. Got out of here at 111.8 miles per hour. The two-run bomb puts the Sox up by 10. It's slaughter rule again. Much like last night. He hit it and looked at it, dropped the bat right behind his back and put both arms out. Like, wow, was that pretty. Stoglum can only watch it and shake his head in disbelief. As Grandal powers it down the third base line and out. Way back into the stands. And Adam Engel comes up now. One for three with a single and a run scored. And he's 1-0 with one out in the bottom of the seventh inning. This one's flared out in the left field. It's going to drop in for a base hit, and Engel's on. He stands at first base with one out in the seventh. But, yeah, I would walk around a lot during a blowout like this. You know? I would. I don't like leaving games even when it's a blowout. Unless you've really got something going on. You paid for the ticket. You paid for the experience. The ballpark has so much going on. Like, I could bring my kids up to the kid zone right now. I'd have no problem with that. Beer's cut off. Let's go up. Take some ground balls. You know, walk around up there. Game's out of reach. It's not a big deal. Kids love that stuff. I don't like leaving the game, but I put up with it. As Robert takes one below the knees on a four-seamer, 1-0. This game brought to you by Cork and Carry at the park. Remember, you can get some great vittles. They got great ballpark food. Those pulled pork nachos are great. The Latino burger is great. I can only speak from experience on the ones that I've had over there. Those are two great items that they have. The cheese curds are amazing. They make, they make hot dogs, like ballpark dogs you can pick up. Like, get a couple of dogs to listen to a game. They got wraps. They got salads. They got sandwiches. They've got hot wings. Those are good. Roberts, one and one in the count. He flares this one down the first baseline foul. But then Carnesian still remaining at first base. One and two the count now. 
but I'd be making plans. And they're like, okay, I'm going to head over there. Like, if you're with friends, maybe you leave. But, you know, you pay for the ticket. If you're going to stay in the neighborhood and, like, go to Cork and Carry, fine, I get it. You know? But otherwise, I like staying till the end. You watch so many losses. What's the big deal about sticking around for 45 minutes to an hour or something like that when your team is killing the other team? Count goes full now to Robert, who's 0 for 3. Your team is killing the other team. You want to see the ending. You get some extra fireworks. There's plenty to do. Kind of skip around, especially on a day like today. Stands aren't that full. Haven't gotten an official tally yet. The ushers don't care at this point. You can go sit anywhere, try out a seat, go visit the guys in the 108. That's about what I do in blowout games either way. You gotta walk over and sit down with those guys. They're fun. They always have extra beers, though, sitting around them. So you have to plan ahead and make sure you got an extra one. I always get that extra one right before our last call. I got two of them. One in my hand that's full and one at my seat underneath it. Fly it out to center field. Angle retreats back to first. Two outs here in the bottom of the seventh is Robert. 0 for 4 today. And Nick Mandrigal's 0 for 3 and he comes up. So the bottom of the order is an 0 for so far. And the White Sox still lead 10 to nothing. And that's a good thing because you got a couple of rookies. We talked about this yesterday. You got a couple of rookies in Mandrigal and Robert that need to get acclimated. This one is bellied out into right center field for a base hit. A nice hearty swing by Mandrigal and he lifts it perfectly into the gap. It's run down before it gets to the wall so it'll only be a single. Engel's going to hold at second base playing conservatively. And Mandrigal's got a base hit. His second since coming up to the majors and that's enough to chase the pitcher. And Jake Kalish comes out for his ninth appearance 0-2 on the season. 20 and a thirds innings with an ERA of 3.97 for the Royals. Righties hit 333 against him. Lefties hit 143. 18 strikeouts and 9 walks for this relief pitcher. He's got a righty up there right now, and Tim Anderson is 2 for 4 and looking for blood. He's got 2 on the pitch. Down the middle of fastball. Let me tell you something. When you're up 10 to nothing, why aren't you just letting loose? Don't get selective up there. What does it matter? But then again, the guy's the batting champ. He obviously takes his at-bat seriously each and every time. TA's 0-1, the pitch on the way. Inside fastball misses 1-1 the count. Next offering from Kalish. Chopped to second base. It jammed him. He fended it off. I don't know why he swung it. It was ball two, but it didn't matter. Inning's over. Brandao's got a two-run home run. Sox lead 10-0 after seven. Looking at the replay of the Grandal home run, and that's the first time I've seen it. He hits the last row in left field underneath the kid zone. Hits a seat in the very last row that then bounces straight up and is grabbed by a guy standing on the concourse. That is a deep home run. That is a really deep home run by Yasmati Grandal. The only one I've seen hit further was Roberts on opening weekend that actually hit the base of the kid zone, and you don't see that ever. That was a deep one. Lopez comes in, throws two balls quickly to Mikel Franco. He's 2-0. He has less than 100 pitches so far. He's going to start the eighth inning with a shutout. But now he's 3-0 with Anderson Miller on deck. Renteria continues to let his pitchers, when they're rolling like this, attempt to get into the eighth inning. Fastball, get me over, gets over, 3-1 and one the count. Still waiting for that first pitcher to get an out in the eighth that started the game. Tails off down the third baseline on a long foul ball, 3-2 and two now. The pitch to the eighth hitter, Franco. Chop foul will reset, full count, top of the eighth. 
No outs, Sox lead 10 to nothing. Lopez has given up only four hits in the game. Cap to Anderson, will pick it up and throw it over. One out here in the eighth inning. And Reynaldo Lopez has now gone 102 pitches and has gotten more outs than any other starting pitcher has gotten for the White Sox so far this season. A very strong outing here in late April. And a curveball just misses to Anderson Miller. The next pitch on the way. Inside misses 2-0. The 2-0 pitch. Just misses 3-0 the count now. Evan Marshall's been warming up now for the last couple of pitches. They're going to let Lopez go out there and do the best he can. Every starter wants to go as far as he can. The pitch on the way. Check swing taken. A four-seamer down the middle. 3-1 the count. Fans urging Lopez on. At this point, it's finished the beers. Plan the rest of the day because you're already blasted during a blowout on a Wednesday afternoon. So it's which bar are we going to next? This one's flared out in the right field. Going back towards the wall is Angle. He'll stand in front of the Goose Island section and catch it with his back against the wall. Two outs now in the top of the eighth inning. Lopez sitting on 107 pitches. Still at the shutout. I think until there's a hit, he's going to continue to pitch. I mean, <laughs> I, I imagine... And it was a great catch at the wall by Angle. I imagine... That Ricky Renteria wants to show a belief in his starting pitchers. And Ray Lopez has been incredible for him. But then you also weigh it against like, ah, do I really want him to give up a home run right now? Do I really want runs charged to him when he's been so good? But you got to push a young guy like this and see what he can do. And he's having a great outing. The pitch to Mondesi. Outside four seamer taken for a ball 1-0. It's just taking him a lot of pitches now per every batter. And I don't know if you want the guy's arm to fall out with uh, with 140 pitches. Mondesi fouls this one off, one and one the count. Marshall is probably warm by now. The pitch on the way. High four seamer, one and two the count. Wouldn't it be great to see Lopez strike him out here? Come off the mound of big applause. High four seamer, he lays off two and two. Lopez stares in, Grandal with the sign. Low and inside, he lays off 3-2 now with Gordon on deck. Mondesi getting selective. He wants Lopez to throw him a striker. He's going to first base. He's 0-3. He hasn't reached first yet. I think he wants to get down there. The pitch. Chop the second. Mandrigal over to Abreu. Eight innings of shutout baseball for Reynaldo Lopez. He gets a standing ovation coming off of the mound, and he tips his cap. Midway through the eighth. White Sox lead 10-0. Also want to point out an error I had last half inning. Lopez has only given up three hits. I kept thinking it was four. It was three hits that he's given up. And Larry Garcia comes up two for four and takes one inside on the hands for a strike. 0-1 the count. You send Lopez out? I think he's got 112, 113 pitches right now. This one sent out in the deep left field. Can of corn, one out. The bottom of the eighth inning. Do you want to ruin a guy? That's the other thing. But you have a day off coming up. So Lopez will not pitch in five days. He'll pitch in six. Okay, it's going to be Giolito, Keiko, Cease, and Gio Gonzalez. And then a day off before Lopez would theoretically pitch 
against the Rockies. So he's going to get the extra day of rest. So if he really wants to go out there, you could send him out there, but I don't. I would force him. First two pitches to Abreu miss on the outside corner, 2-0. With a 10-0 lead, running the simulation, I kind of want to see what happens here. So we'll see what ends up happening. We'll, we'll see what the decision's going to be. You're riding along with this as I am. If you've, if you've waited through a 10-0 blowout, second straight day that the White Sox are winning by double digits halfway through the game. Chop the third base. Hunter Dozier's going to scoop and throw over to first. Two outs here in the bottom of the eighth inning now. Yuan Mancata comes up two for four. Two singles, two runs scored. He's hitting 341 with two home runs and 12 RBIs. His OPS is below 900. That shows that he's not getting a lot of extra base hits. He's a singles hitter right now. The power's not there, but he's having great at-bats and he's getting on. Fouled off down the first baseline. He's had some hard hit balls. The last one he had was hard hit down the first baseline, batting righty. Both of his hits have been batting righty. He's two for two on the right side of the plate. He's 0 for two from the left side today. He's got a lefty up there, so he's on the right side of the plate. So two for two, standing in the batter's box where he is right now, as the shadow is now crossed home plate and sits in front of him. It may change perspective just a little bit. Swung on and belted deep. Way back in the left field, he flips the bat. Mancada's got his third home run, and man, he is so much better from the right side of the plate. 403 feet, out at 105 miles per hour. The Sox tack on another one and lead this game 11 to nothing. Mancada, that's got to feel good. But you know, you can get up there. You can, you can take your hacks when you're winning by this much and you're relaxed. You know you're going on the road. You're getting on a plane later on. You're taking a flight out to L.A., to play tomorrow for four games. You're getting to the end of this long stretch. This team is loose. This team is smiling. Mancada laughing with Encarnacion as he's coming up to the plate. Mancada comes off. The whole team is loose and laughing in the dugout, dancing around, and they have had one heck of a fun homestand here. Taking three of four from the Rangers, and I'll say it right now, sweeping the Royals in huge fashion. As Encarnacion sends this one out now, deep to right field, tailing back to the wall. It goes over the head and will roll. Right fielder didn't even move, Solaire. It bounced away from him. He just threw his glove on the ground. He threw his glove on the ground during a live play. First base. <laughs> I'm wrong. The center fielder. I'm so, I'm so astounded by this. The center fielder, Anderson has to run over and get the ball because Solaire throws his glove on the ground and stands out there like a spoiled brat and looks at the ball roll away from him because he didn't make the play. Encarnacion's on second base. Grandal comes up two for four with the home run. Like I said earlier, the White Sox had the Royals come in and we were tied up with them over six games, three games apiece. And the Sox were very disappointed about dropping two out of three in Kansas City. They talked about it a lot. They took it out on the Rangers winning three out of four. And then they exploded on the Royals. As Grandal hits one deep in the right center field, they're going to watch it go over. Oh, my Lord. It is batting practice out here. The White Sox have taken the souls of the Kansas City Royals, rolled them up in a ball, turned them sideways, and done what the Rock always says they should do. Holy moly. That's incredible. Rondal's got two home runs in this game. A two-run blast there. Guess whose slump is over? And he's got a grin ear-to-ear. 
And if you stuck around in this game during a blowout, you've heard some fireworks. The Royals just want to go home. Why won't you let them go home? They're already dead. Why do you continue to, to stab at them, to kick them, to hit them with the shovel? It's brutal. It's a beating. I have to turn away. It's bloody. It's awful. It's horrible. As Kevin McCarthy comes in, it doesn't want to pitch. But he has to pitch to Adam Engel, who's two for four with two outs here in the bottom of the eighth. All those home runs with two outs. There were two outs in the bottom of the eighth. I think White Sox just kind of get ready. They're, we're like, we're done. You're done. We're done. Okay. <laughs> and then we got home runs going out left and right. Oh, and it feels great. I hate the Royals. I really hate them. I've been on road trips before to Kansas City where they've beaten us up. Their fans are obnoxious. They don't know anything about the game. I remember the year that they went to the World Series. I was out in Kansas City. Not the year that they lost because Sal Perez couldn't lay off anything that was out of the strike zone standing up there in Game 7. And I laughed as that happened because he had done it all year long. The man's strike zone is terrible whenever his team needs him to get a hit. He's not clutch. One and two the pitch now to Angle. Strike call on a changeup. That ends the eighth inning. I'll talk more about my dislike of the Royals coming up here as Reynaldo Lopez comes out. He's going to try for the complete game shutout as the Sacks lead 13 to nothing after eight. Raylo is up and pitching here with Alex Gordon up. Evan Marshall warmed out there. He'll come in if there's any trouble, but they're going to give Reynaldo Lopez the chance to at least start this inning. He was shaky in the eighth, but he's looking for the complete game shutout. And a masterful performance. Three hits given up in this game. A low outside fastball taken. 1-0 the count. 114 pitches right now. The youngster comes at it again. Swung on and sent out down the third baseline foul. Back to how much I hate the Royals. Their fans know nothing about baseball. Nothing. I was in a bar during that World Series year. They couldn't name three players on their roster. Slide out to Engel in right field. Can of corn. One out here in the top of the ninth for Lopez. Whit Merrifield comes up. He's got one of the three hits that the Royals have against Lopez. And Reynaldo stands out there. Slowly walking around the mound. He wants to keep going. Renteria keeping an eye on him. He's going to let him keep going. And why not? Lopez into the wine. The pitch on the way. Strike down the middle on a four-seam fastball, 0-1 the count to Whit Merrifield. 95 miles an hour there on pitch number 117 from Lopez. Chopped down the third base line quickly, 0-2. Had a conversation with a group of guys at a bar. They couldn't name three players together on the team. They're wearing hats that haven't been cracked. They're flat across. One of them still had a sticker on it. They're the most fair-weather fans you'll ever meet in your entire life. They make Cub fans look like real fans. As this pitch comes in to Merrifield inside, 2-2 two and two the count. So I enjoy beating the Kansas City Royals. And they have whooped them this week. Inside pitch laid off by Merrifield. The count is full. Soler is on deck. Lopez has been a machine. He stands out there trying to pitch his entire game on his own. A masterful performance no matter what happens next. Chopped the first, grabbed out of the air by Abreu. He steps on first. And through eight and two thirds, 
Reynaldo Lopez has given up three hits and no runs, and Jorge Soler comes up 0 for 3 with a ground out in the sixth inning. One for nine on the series. And Raylo will try to complete this game with a complete game shutout. White Sox leading 13 to nothing. The best pitching performance they have seen all year long and the second best offensive output. Grounded a short underneath the glove of Anderson in the center field on the first pitch. So we'll wait a moment. That's the fourth hit. In the second base, he tries and he's out. He's out at second. Jorge Soler with a stupid send. Decides he's going to try to get in underneath the tag. Robert notices it, flips it over real quick from short center field. He came into the screen at the last moment. I didn't even know he was going. Soler's thrown out at second base, and Reynaldo Lopez gets a complete game shutout. I think Soler just wanted to get on the plane. He was done. He was like, no, I want to be out. I got a single. Now tag me out. Let's go home. My team's given up 19 runs over the last two days. Sox win this game 13 to nothing on a four hit, two walk, five strikeout, complete game shutout thrown by Reynaldo Lopez, who is clearly your player of the game, even though Yasmani Grandal hits two home runs in this game, coming out of his slump, and the White Sox power machine rolls through Kansas City. They can't wait to leave the south side of Chicago. The White Sox get their first sweep of the season, get the brooms out. The White Sox lead the series against Kansas City at this point, six games to three games. And the White Sox have won six of their last seven. And that was their last homestand is now to hit the road and go to Los Angeles to go take on the Angels for four and then two against the Rockies before returning back home here. Notable performances for the White Sox. Grandal, three for five, two home runs, five RBIs. Yoan Mankata, three for five. He got a home run as well. Three runs scored overall. Tim Anderson, two for five with a solo shot, two RBIs total. And Jose Abreu, two for five with a double and two RBIs. White Sox crushed the Royals. An incredible three-game series if you're a Sox fan. And a series that will go down in the history of the Royals as one of their worst. Mike Montgomery finishes as the starter with only an inning and two-thirds. He gave up eight hits and five earned runs with one strikeout. No walks. He takes the loss. And he hasn't been out there for two and a half hours, it feels like. Sox win. They continue to do very, very well here early on in the season. We will see you tomorrow from Los Angeles, Anaheim technically, for the beginning of a four-game set against Mike Trout and the Angels. Sox win this one. It's all brought to you by Cork and Carey at the Park, found at 33rd in Princeton. Their doors will open when we all get back to normal, but until then, visit them through Grubhub and order or go direct to CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. My name is Chris Lanuti. You've been listening to Sox in the Basement, the podcast for fans, by fans, simulating White Sox baseball each and every day since opening day. And it's found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Sox in the Basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.